Welcome to Junior Doctors Corner, the podcast that helps medical students and junior doctors like yourself not only survive but thrive in your careers. We cover topics including doctor well-being, career, and life outside of medicine. My name is Dana and I am your host for this podcast. Are you ready for a healthy dose of support, motivation, and inspiration? Then let's start this episode stack. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Junior Doctor's Corner. Apologies for this first episode of for the month of June being a bit late. I had a lot going on. I was finally able to travel back to see my family and my poor little puppy has been unwell so there's been a little delay. Regardless, here we are now. An interview I did with Magella McMahon, a stylist from Brisbane. This interview was recorded back in early April when COVID was at probably its most intense here in Australia, so you might hear some references to it. And I thought this would be a cool little episode, something a little bit different, so that we can all take a break from all this COVID-related stuff. So I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hi, Magella. Welcome to Junior Doctors Corner. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I'm excited to be here. You know, I love talking about this stuff. (laughs) So for my listeners who haven't had the pleasure of getting to know you, can you please tell them a little bit about yourself? I love this question because it is actually something that um, I work with my clients on as well, which is all about how do you express yourself truthfully and authentically to the world. And the beauty is that you get to decide this. So today I'm going to tell you that I'm a stylist and I'm also a photographer and a poet and I create content and I help tell people's stories. I'm also a lot of other things too, like a croissant lover, a mocha drinker, an ocean swimmer, um, a dog lover, and a long red hair grower. But I think the most important thing to know about me is that I'm really curious about people. I love to find the good in a situation. And I think the world is a beautiful place, even when it's um, sad. So, but that's how I'm feeling today. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that, Magella. (laughs) Now, you mentioned that um, you're a stylist amongst many, many other things. Um, So clothing is arguably a basic need um, and... At the same time, you know, society sort of uh, on one hand encourages us to, you know, buy lots and lots of clothes and the latest style, you know, the newest trends. And at the same time, there's the other side where we're shamed for being frivolous. But, you know, can you please share with us why style is actually very important in our lives? Well, as you mentioned, clothing isn't optional um, in most situations in life. And I also think that, you know, the human body is beautiful when it's naked. So I think that style is something that it's much deeper than functionality. Um, You know, obviously we have to wear clothes to be able to protect ourselves from the elements and also go about our day in society. And I think that you could leave it there. Some people aren't affected by clothing as much as others, but most people have this layer to them that you could express through style because our world is so busy and we communicate in so many different ways, you know, in person, you know, through technology, 
you know, without words before, like, you know, just seeing someone style, I guess, firstly, is, is something that's important for yourself as an individual, because it allows you to express who you are. It allows you to showcase and reveal parts of your personality, um, quirks, uh, preferences, um, it allows you to communicate without using words. You know, that there's this really famous Rachel Zoe quote, which is style tells the world who you are without saying anything. And it is really true. Somewhere along the way in amongst the consumerism and the um, trends and the just the, the way society Uh, was set up and has been rolling through is that we stopped putting ourselves into our style and we started outsourcing what is allowed. There's a difference between looking to someone who's experienced and has knowledge of something, just like you would go to a doctor for something that you're unaware of or you're not sure how to treat or you're not sure what it is. But also, you know, as part of healing you want to know your own body you know you want to be able to describe the symptoms you know am I unsure about what this is do I need further advice or have I experienced this before or you know it's so it's that understanding of self and I guess with clothing we lost that somewhere along the way where we started listening to what everyone else said we should be wearing you know um the trends the the status I think that that's can be reflected in society when then you have the people who are the opposite of trends who are really, um, they won't wear what you tell them. They want to do the opposite. They have to stand out. And I think that that's different to finding your style and expressing it because you don't have to be the loudest to be stylish. You know, you can be stylish wearing head to toe black, really understated and simple, but style is more about um, connecting you to yourself and then connecting you to others. So it depends how much importance you want to place on either part. I think it's really healthy to have a good balanced connection to both. You want to be able to wear what you want to wear and feel good and trust yourself and have confidence in those choices. Obviously, we can never control what people think about us. We can't stop people's judgment or criticism, um, but there are some definite things that will evoke very predictable responses in people as well. So it'd be if you were watching a newsreader and she turned up in a turban, you know, with like mismatched clothing and like 14 necklaces and a different earring in each ear. And she's sitting there telling you about, you know, how the, the world pandemic is playing out there probably would be a slight disconnect between her and her audience because that image is something that, A, we're not used to seeing, but also the actual outfit has chaos in it. And so then we look at it and instinctively, without realising we're doing this, we start to think she seems unbalanced, she seems chaotic, I can't trust her. Mm. So I think that's where in terms of dressing for others, it's not about dressing for status or to impress mm. it's about dressing to connect and mm. to communicate and this leads on perfectly to my next question so with doctors uh, we have to interact with a lot of people day in day out uh, I've come across doctors who have dressed in 
you know, really interesting ways, you know, some would be really conservative and some would go all out wearing lipstick, you know, heels, everything, the whole lot. Are there any ways that junior doctors can safely express themselves while still coming across professional to their patients? Of course. And I do think that the beauty of the current times is that we are evolving in terms of how we relate to the individual within an organization. So there is more awareness on the fact that each individual part of a team or a, or a company or a, um, an organization needs to be flourishing and thriving um, to help the whole. And so I think there's this, there's this understanding that's probably coming from the bottom up rather than the top down of acknowledging that people need to be seen as individuals as well as being part of, you know, being a doctor or being a medical professional. So in terms of how does a young doctor find their way of dressing, um, there's a few things to consider. One is always that what is noticed first is always how confident and comfortable you are in your body, in your clothing. So even if you theoretically wore this beautifully tailored outfit that fit you perfectly, that was super flattering, that was eye-catching but not over the top, if you don't generally dress like that or it doesn't express who you are and you feel uncomfortable, that's what people will notice first. They'll be like, she looks good, but something's off. Like, and that again will be like a primal instinct. It's the same way that, you know, we have those 0.8 seconds to, to make a snap judgment about someone. And I think when you're dealing with people's health, you know, it is, it is so intrinsically linked to, you know, our self-preservation that you want to utilize everything you can to help your, how you interact with people, um, for that to be a positive experience and feel calm and for them to trust through the process. Mm -hmm. So firstly, you have to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. So, which means in terms of style is trusting your choices and going like, whatever you wear, you own it. You're like, this is what I'm wearing and this is why. And it, it fits in with my values and it also fits in with what I've decided are the rules, you know, because there would definitely be certain standards that you need to adhere to. But within that, there's always wiggle room. The next thing to consider is the psychology of color, which is again, based on science and is something that is governed a little by personal preference and, you know, your own experiences with that color. Like if you grew up and you grew up in a red nursery, you know, and you, I had to share it with your brother and it was, you know, for the first four years of your life, he teased you all the time. Oh, you know, like it was a very loud room. You might have an association with red as being a color that is uncomfortable, traumatic, Mm. you know, um, makes you feel unsafe. But for someone else who might've had the first four years of their life where their mom wore like beautiful red dressing gowns and like put roses all over the house or, you know, and their, so their association with the color red is completely different. It's like, it smells amazing. It's full of love. It reminds me of home. So someone 
who had the first experience with red, if they choose to wear red, they're going to potentially just have a body response to that of like, I feel uncomfortable. And I'm pretty sure that if we went shopping together and I put red on them, they would instinctively be like, I don't like this. <laughs> but potentially wouldn't even be able to tell me why. Like they'd be like, oh, I see that it looks good. I know that it's flattering. Like two people have already complimented me, but I feel like get it off my body. So the psychology of color is important for yourself to understand like there are certain colors that you are instinctively drawn to and that make you feel good. And then on the other side there, the the psychology of color of how that affects others. So, Mm. you know, blue is a very calming color. It's, you know, it's got lots of um, associations with healing and the ocean and um, slowness and space. Um, Green again, related to nature, like has this, feeling of it being alive and nurturing and nourishing, you know, whereas maybe, you know, a, a gray can often feel cold or clinical, you know, so, mm-hmm. and then really strong colors, like they just put you on alert. So if you wear like a really bright hot pink or, um, you know, a fire engine red, or you wear a cobalt blue, um, those primary colors can be so strong on the eye that they instantly like you know, spike your heart rate a little because you're like, oh, this is strong. So I think within the medical profession, I would be choosing if you connect to them, the colors that have the psychology of calmness, reassurance, healing, but also potentially positivity. Like yellow is a very positive color. Orange has a lot of like energy and warmth, you know, Mm. but then again, like soft pinks, Uh, All the pastel shades, they're very, you know, they're very soft on the eye, which means that then they potentially are very soft when you make an impression. And then the third one that I'd be considering is the shape of the clothing that you're wearing, so the cut and the tailoring. So just like in nature, when things have a lot of curves or flow or roundness, you know, it has a different feeling to if something is very angular and sharp and has lots of corners and points. Um, you know, if you look at a cactus versus say like a, a bunch of lilies or something, you know, like the cactus is straight and spiky and, you know, that has a different feeling to like soft rounded, you know, flowers. So the same as with your clothing, if you wear things that are very structured and sharp with lines, you know, that's going to present a different impression Mm -hmm. to say if you're wearing things that have, you know, lots of floatiness and drape. I think that traditionally professional has been associated with the angular and the sharp and the lines. Mm. But I think that that doesn't encompass, you know, what a human is. You know, we have always yin and yang, light and dark, hard and soft. And I think that especially in the medical profession, when people are scared, they don't necessarily want to, they want to connect with a human and someone that they're like, they are like me. I can trust them. I would always recommend having a bit of both. So having a structured pair of pants with a beautiful line, but then having a top that's a bit softer, either a softer color, you know, like, um, or a bit of drape or vice versa doing like, you know, a beautiful drape skirt with some pockets. So they're functional, you know, but then having maybe like a button up blouse with, you know, a sharp collar. So you have this kind of blend of both that work. So it is, I guess, finding that line for each individual where, 
you think that you look professional, you are expressing yourself authentically, you're also wearing things that are practical and comfortable and allow you to do the job without any interference or um, hindrance. And also you're, I guess, tapping into how the impression that you want to give others to evoke certain emotions. So especially in medicine, there are some really standard emotions that you want to convey to your patients. You know, you want to be able to convey that you have integrity, that you're trustworthy, knowledgeable, but also Mm. that you're caring and that you're approachable and that you're relatable. So Magella, you did already allude to this earlier um, when answering the previous question. Um, Can you please share some tips on how junior doctors can up their wardrobes, um, you know, do a bit of strategic shopping without breaking the bank? Sure. Um, So I think, you know, you almost need to treat it like like an assignment, like a project for yourself. And I know that doctors are very proficient at studying and um, having done many, many years of it. So it's almost like you need to, to treat yourself as, okay, so, you know, what is the, the outcome of this? And I, w- I want to have style that, you know, and I would list some keywords that are important to you. So, you know, obviously professional, respectable, um, you know, looking, uh, maybe it's authoritative, but it also could be friendly, you know, just list some descriptives. And then also list the things that you want to feel when you're wearing those clothes. So you can still feel professional, but you also want to feel pretty, you know, and that it's such a, like, I'm sure that as I said that many people listening would have rolled their eyes and gone like, pretty, (laughs) who cares about looking pretty? We're here to save lives. And like, they're not mutually exclusive. You're allowed to save lives and be exceptional at your job and be knowledgeable and trustworthy and professional and also feel pretty. Like, you know, an incredible part of, you know, being human is being able to, uh, I guess, encompass the spectrum of all of the emotions and, and you know, have all of the experiences. Um, and, you know, prettiest is a word that you may not resonate with, but pick another word. Like, is it beautiful? Is it sophisticated? Is it stunning? Is it sexy? Is it, and it can be a combination of all of those. Like obviously maybe when you're going out to dinner with your partner, you do want to feel sexy and playful. Um, but maybe when you're out, you know, with the girls or, you know, um, doing something for work, you want to feel, you know, sassy or you want to feel playful. There's so many words you could choose. So I would write down, you know, kind of the words you want to feel at work. Cause we're focusing on like your work style right now. So it's like, how do I want to feel? And then write down the colors that you naturally want to wear, you know, without judging them. Like, so if you put down purple or you put down like lime green or you put down, you know, like aqua, you know, like just list them, whatever, because we know we're going to integrate those with blacks and whites and navies and grays. And then the other thing I would do would be jump onto like Pinterest or Google and like put in some key phrases or keyword searches and do like, you know, um, professional doctor style, but maybe add, you know, the word creative or add, you know, like, or young doctor style or, prof- and, not, and then maybe not even doctor, but like, you know, creative professional style or um, playful work outfits. This is just to get some ideas for yourself to see what's possible. You know, if you've 
got this small window of choices where it's like I can basically wear a top and pants, a top and skirt, a dress. And those pieces, you know, you're like the pants have to be like well-fitting, you know, slim cut, high-waisted. The skirt has to be a pencil skirt and the dress has to be like a wrap dress. If that's all you're working with, you know, there's not a lot of um, room to move around in that. And then I would think about ways that, you know, if you find some outfits that you find appealing, kind of break them down in terms of like describe them, articulate what's what you like about them and what element you could recreate in your own wardrobe, you know, because it is very hard to walk into a store and say to someone, if they ask you, do you want help to say like, yes, I want a beautiful work outfit. And it's like, okay, well, what kind of work do you do? And what makes you feel beautiful? And what colors do you like? And, you know, do you like things that are fitted or loose or do you want structure or do you want your arms covered? Like, whereas if you can say, you know, what I would love is to to have some statement skirts that have pockets that are knee length or longer. And I want any of the fun, bright colors. I don't want anything that is earthy. Like I don't want brown, orange, forest green, mustard. I don't want anything like that. I want the bright, cold candy colors, you know. That's really easy for someone working in the store to be like, okay, great. I've got four choices, you know, like what are you going to wear it with on top? And you're like, actually, I'm just going to wear it with a button-up white shirt because I just want it to be a balanced outfit, you know. And that's super easy because you've kind of given them some parameters. And because also you've been really clear, they might come back to you and say, actually, there's a dress that has this same kind of shape and, and kind of seem similar. Do you want to try that? Or we've actually got a pair of pants that is in this same, you know, beautiful aqua blue, you know, like I'm just imagining a doctor walking down the ward in like aqua blue pants. <laughs> but if she did that with like some tan loafers on and, you know, a really simple white shirt, you know, and a simple little silver earring, that would look, again, because it would be all about the cut and the proportions and how you put it together, Um, and it would actually probably look really clean and fresh and crisp because aqua is a very clean and fresh and crisp color. You know, when you think about aqua, you think about fresh water and the ocean, um, or the sky, you know, and all of those things feel, you know, the opposite of dirty or unhygienic or, you know, like there's lots of ways to do that. Yeah. And so then I would do after you've, um, kind of looked for some specifics, you could also then find small ways to integrate those in to begin with, because it's, you know, if you're used to dressing one way and then you kind of realize that actually what you really love to dress is significantly different. It's about like integrating small elements. So if you love color, but you've currently just been wearing all neutrals, it's like, how do I introduce color in without turning up at work, you know, one day wearing like you know, a bright pink floral dress and people are going to be like, I'm sorry, excuse me. Like, what is, are you okay? Like, <laughs> you were in like gray pants and, you know, like a navy top. And today you're in like this floral, colorful dress, you know? So it's about like, could I integrate an accessory, an earring, a belt, um, a pair of shoes that bring in the pop of color? Could I bring in Um, you know, the element of, if I want to feel, if I love florals, for example, could I bring in a floral top to wear with my 
like block color pants or skirts is there a way that I could maybe still wear the same but bring in like you know a pink lipstick because the rest of me is still muted so it's about finding like the little ways to introduce the things and then as you feel more confident um then you can start to step more into expressing it um with larger items so like you know full outfits and all of the things well thank you so much for sharing those tips Magella so if any of our listeners are thinking oh my gosh oh this sounds good I need like a rehaul of my wardrobe how can I get in touch with Magella to work with her can you please share how they can do that Sure. Well, I'm on all the socials under the Stylery Co. You can go to my website, which is thestylerico.com. And on there, it has all of my services, which now currently are all virtual because obviously we're not in stores shopping, but people still need to wear clothes. And actually, um, there's going to be some really amazing sales happening in the next few months. Unfortunately, obviously, because businesses will be struggling, which I think Mm -hmm. is a terrible thing. But on the flip side, this is a great time to be able to buy quality pieces, investment pieces uh, for a price that isn't as intimidating. So, you know, something like a leather jacket that you will have for 10 years, you know, potentially will be a price now that, that you can, uh, make peace with, you know, whereas before you're like, Oh, that is too much. Or, you know, pieces where you're like, I don't want to spend that much on a pair of pants. Also, you want to think about the cost per wear. So if you are wearing a pair of pants twice a week to work, you know, for a year, that's like a hundred times a year, essentially. That's assuming you have no holidays. Um, you're just working every week of the year, which is what I assume doctors do. Those pants, if you spend the money and buy quality, those pants will still look as good. They will fit as well, you know, so the cost per wear is so small. Anyway, I got off topic there. But yes, so everything's on my website, thestylerico.com, or I'm on all of the socials. Yeah, come and say hi. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that um at the moment we're adapting everyone but specifically because everything that I do is is typically in person with people Mm -hmm. events shopping in their wardrobes but most people are still visible like even though we might be in our homes you know a lot of people are doing video meetings and and webinars and and zoom calls obviously essential workers they're all still having to go to work. So there is still a need for, you know, lots of the things that we previously have taken for granted that we could just pop to the stores and, you know, buy something or, you know, go to the beach or go out for dinner. But, you know, we're, as humans, we're so adaptable. We're rolling with the the changes of this. So, um, yeah, please feel like if you just have questions, reach out. I'm happy to answer them and you know, you don't have to only come and say hi if you want to book something, you know, like um, I'm here to to support our amazing medical professionals as well. Oh, thank you, Magella. So final question, I ask all my guests, um, but this one's slightly modified to be in keeping with the times. Can you please share with us one or two things that are keeping you sane during these crazy times? Uh, there are many things that I'm utilizing to keep me sane. One of them would definitely be my self-care so that's meditation exercise getting sunshine drinking lots of water listening to good music patting the dog um you know connecting to friends all the things that I know are good for me but 
potentially sometimes I don't, uh, I'm not as consistent with, whereas now those things have become non-negotiable for my mental health and my physical health. And the other thing I'm doing that is like not at all highbrow is I'm just obsessed with memes. Like I just feel like whenever I'm like, oh God, like, you know, the world, I just go and look up memes and I am just blown away by how creative and funny people are. And also like memes for me put like really dire situations, they can put it back in perspective or like when I'm, you know, thinking like this is a huge problem and I'm, you know, or I'm overwhelmed with something and then I look at memes and I'm just like really nothing to worry about. So self-care and memes is how I'm getting through the time and also wearing lipstick, you know, like (laughs) whenever I'm like I, I I need to like up my energy and like, you know, get my shit together I'm like I'll just put on <laughs> that will make everything better <laughs> well thank you so much again Magella for joining me on the podcast it was my pleasure thanks for having me if you really like that episode please don't forget to leave a review on iTunes to help a sister out and don't forget to subscribe to our email list so that you never miss an episode <laughs>